Coming up, Harry Potter is taking big business away from Mickey Mouse. Disney's offering cast members a raise. Sean and Kathy are going to tell us about the new Epcot After Hours event. And we're going to talk about the most overrated and underrated attractions at Walt Disney World. All that coming up next. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 699 for the week of April 21st, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Sean Thompson, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, Corey Martin, and back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, with associate producer, Craig Williams. Well, welcome to the show. Hope everybody had a great Easter. We had a fun time uh, last Saturday, uh, this past Saturday. We were at the Swan Dolphin doing a live show that was uh, for Easter. That was different. It was different. Yeah. Um, people seemed to enjoy it. Um, it was a little looser than I would have liked. But, uh, you know. <laughs> it was loose. It was loose. Loose. <laughs> um, loose and we were baking in that sun, but it was fun. So was Teresa's cake. My cake. My yeah. cake. <laughs> when I opened that thing and saw the icing all over the place. <laughs> I know. How sad. Tastes a good thing. But did taste delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to check out that Easter show, it's up on YouTube. But we, we did not release the audio version of that. Uh, but uh, it is up on YouTube if you want to watch it. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes page. Uh, disunplugged.com or you can go to youtube.com slash info and check it out. Um, also want to let everyone know the Universal show is being broadcast live really? today, 4.30 Ooh. p.m. All right. Oh, my. It'll be up on uh, up on YouTube when? Friday? Yes, Friday uh-huh. is when we release it. And I also just want to point out that this week we will start be starting our new audio feed. So if you're a fan of the show and you're looking for it on the normal Orlando edition no RSS CM, feed. No it won't version. be there. Right. Yeah. You're will your past shows still be there? Are y'all taking them off? Or, um, we been, I, I think the past shows will still be there, yeah. okay. but we will move them all forward to the new feed Cool. with the brand new episode. So, so yeah, from now on, if you want to get the Universal show downloaded uh, to your device, whatever it is, um, you will need to subscribe to that feed separately. Um, I know some people were complaining that we had a Universal show and a Disney feed. Some people were getting like apoplectic when we do the new shows like that, we let them live on our feed for a little while, let them get started, kind of get rolling, and then they move off into their own feed. That's what we did with the Disneyland show. That's what we did with this show. So everybody just take a breath. It's okay. Um, <laughs> You're so, tainting their Disney? Is that what it was? Basically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, oh. you've got to remember there's a lot of Disney fans where, you know, Universal is, you know. The devil. The devil. So, um and uh, want to let everybody know if you have an Android phone. Right now, it's just Android. It will be iPhone very soon. We're just waiting for it to go through the approval process. But uh, we have an app out for our show. So you can go to the Google Play Store and search for Diz Unplugged, download our app, and uh, get the show notes are in there and the videos and the audio feed and Facebook and Twitter. And 
honestly, I think it's the the coolest thing about it is the uh, well. I mean, there's a lot of cool things about it, but the audio feed in general. Um, you, you can see right when you go to it, it says either Disneyland edition or the Orlando edition, and it, they're all right there in order, easily accessible. And uh, it's and next really, it'll it'll show the uh, it'll be updated to show the Universal yeah. shows as well. And it keeps everything in one place, which I love. You know, no yeah. matter what, because right now with Facebook and the podcast and the video feed, everything's kind of. You know, just unplugged, you can find everything there, but this is wonderful. Right. Especially from a phone. And it's free. It's a free app. So uh, head out to the Google Play Store and download that. And uh, like I said, uh, the iTunes version and the Kindle version. Uh, there'll be a version of it for, uh, for, Kim, uh, for Kindle as well. Um, we're expecting that any day now. There's just been a little back and forth with Apple on some things, but that should be cleared up and good to download soon. So we'll let you know when that, when that comes. But... If you have an Android phone, Google Play Store, Diz Unplugged, check it out. Um, and I think that's all I have for housekeeping. Um, did uh, Tom send anything for you? Cause Not that I saw. Okay, I can get that um, in a minute here. Well, just Disneyland show on Thursdays. He, if he's not going to get it to me on time, Tom, you're not going to get it to me on time. Doesn't go on my script. <laughs> See what happens. Well, this week, uh, this week, Tom is uh, got his Disneyland show. Nancy Johnson uh, continues her in-depth look at shopping in the Disneyland Resort, and Tom Bell talks about his trip to Las Vegas using the Megabus. <gasps> oh, Tom Bell, the Megabus! Yeah, scary one. <laughs> I want to say I watched the show last week, and I, you know, doing this show for eight years, your rant was the best of I think I've ever heard. Oh, thank it, you. It, it was it was incredible. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it really, it was just you know the points you made were were really on point, and I think the the feedback you've gotten on that is yeah, there was all a lot of feedback. Absolutely correct. Yeah. There was a lot of feedback on that, but thank you. I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Um, you know, I got a lot of good feedback on the comments I made last week about uh, some of the things going on with disabled guests in the parks, and you know, and it just the the emails just keep rolling in, the stories just mm-hmm. keep rolling in, and it's it's sad. It's really sad that I, I, you know, but I'm not going to go off on it again. Yeah, yeah. Go Just back and watch. Mention that. Um, but anything else for housekeeping? I have two. Um, just wanted to mention, Justine asked me to mention again about Coasting for Kids that's coming up. And the money will benefit Give Kids the World. They've, they've got the East team and the West team. Tom heads up the West team. So we want to see Team East win this year. <laughs> I'm from the East. I oh, okay. Team East to win. So um, they both have it up on their Facebook page, and I feel like people are saying thanks. We are. We're talking about you. Oh, okay. We're mocking you. <laughs> and then there's also... In front I, of your back. <laughs> I got an um, email on the way over that there's a thread up on the um, podcast board talking about Rosen is having some kind of event that if you go and like their different Facebook pages, they'll donate a dollar to give kids the ball. Oh, really? Cool today and tomorrow so go look on the podcast board and for every like they'll donate a dollar so go like all their sites and they'll send a lot of money to give kids the world awesome cool Cool. anything else that's it anyone else before we give the poll results all right our poll results from last week we asked you has the documentary blackfish changed your perceptions of SeaWorld? 57% 57% of you said, nope, it has not done anything to change Good. your perception of SeaWorld and you plan to visit. 
17% said that the documentary did not change your view of SeaWorld, but you had no interest in, in going there anyway. Uh, 13% said the documentary did change your perception of SeaWorld, but you would still visit at some point. And 14% said that it changed your opinion, and as a result, you will not visit SeaWorld, which is, you know, that number is fairly close to the uh, the number that they reported last week uh, that their attendance has dropped, 30%. Yeah. Same people, huh? You know, so I think that, look, and if the bottom line is is if, if that if uh, if that documentary if that documentary took a 13% chunk out of their gate attendance, that is devastating. Devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy to see that so many people that, you know, really weren't affected by it, but, you know, that is devastating. Regardless of what you think of the documentary or the whole situation, there's, you know, those numbers, their attendance, the drop in their attendance numbers, if that holds, that's devastating. Do you think that there's, um, like, would SeaWorld ever find a, a group that could do a documentary from their point of view? Do you think they would want to do that, or do they just sort of want to let this die at this point? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think that, I think they need to let it die. I think they need to let, try and just let it die. But I think the damage is done. I think they've yeah. been, I'm not going to say they've been mortally wounded, but I think they've been, they've been hit, they've been hit a blow. They've been definitely hit a blow. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. But 57% of you said the documentary had no impact at all on your plans to visit SeaWorld. So, good. There's that. We'll have, uh, oh, we have, uh, oh, I forgot to write down the name. Of the winner, somebody won. <laughs> somebody, and we contacted her already. Um, so, congratulations, lady. Um, but I think I, I forgot, I, I'm so sorry. I forgot her name, and I forgot to mark it in my script. Um, but uh, we give away a fifty dollars gift card every week. At uh, we pick a name at random from the people who answer our poll, and uh, we will have next week's poll at the end of our show. Yes. So with that, we're going to move on to the news. The first news story, uh, Disney World is proposing raising the starting wage for cast members to $10 an hour. Currently, starting wage is $8.03 an hour. Something like that. Which is actually, uh, I think, about 70, 75 cents above the federal minimum wage. So it is better than minimum wage. Um, They're talking about opening it up or uh, raising it up to $10 over the course of the next two years uh, by July of 2016 but they're not that's not all they're offering uh, mm-hmm. understand that uh, contract nego- this is part of the, the beginning of the contract negotiations uh, and so Disney's saying okay we're going to give you $10 an hour but um, for new employees new cast members coming in we're not going to give them we're not going to put them in our pension plan instead we're going to do a 3% matching on your 401k, hmm. um, which personally, I think the 401k is better, but you know the pension is mandatory. You have to contribute to the pension, whereas 401k isn't. So I think, especially when you have so many younger people working at Disney, especially at that level, um, they're likely just not to. They're likely just not to uh, contribute. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think? Ten dollars an hour. I mean, that's going from eight dollars. You said three cents. 
eight oh three is eight, what it is right now. Eight oh three to ten. So I mean that would that would increase their um, their monthly income by three hundred bucks roughly. Then I, I mean that that could be substantial for some. Providing they work a forty hour week, right? What right, if they don't right. work That's a forty hour week? week. Yeah. Do they often work forty hour weeks, or do they keep them under forty? No, I think it's usually. Well, I mean. It depends on what type of employee you are, if you're full-time or part-time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is across the board. I don't think this would apply to ca- uh, to college program, would it? I I don't know. I have a feeling it wouldn't. No. I don't know. I think this is... Yeah. Pretty much full-time I employees. guess. Well, I thought college program made less than what if you would get um, seasonal or part-time yeah, you or full-time. Yeah. You, you make less than they get right off the bat. So they probably still get whatever minimum wages and everyone else gets the higher rate. That's still, just be my hard, guess. still be hard to live on that, though, if that was your sole Oh, you account. can't. I mean, you really you can't. can't. Live on that. You can't raise a family on $10 no. an hour, no. unfortunately. No. You just you can't. Um, but I, I think, you know, if I think the 401ks are a lot more flexible than pensions. Um, you know, you hear stories all the time about pensions going bust. Um, and, you know, after the crash in 2009, uh, a lot of 401ks emptied out a lot of them have come back Um, but the 401ks travel with you from job to job they're portable whereas the pension isn't Um, you'll still get the pension when you retire but you can take your 401k with you plus you also decide how that money gets invested i think it's a lot more flexible i think that it's probably saving disney money moving from a pension plan to a 401k and that's what they're giving back to the employees in terms of so the union is saying that we're thrilled with the $10 an hour. Thank you. We'll absolutely take that, but you're not touching the pension plan. Right. Hmm. Um, They're hoping to see that get off the table. And I, it, it's interesting this time that Disney sort of took the initiative and said, okay, we're going to go to $10 an hour right off the bat, where usually it's a union has to pull money out of Disney. It's like Disney has a new negotiating strata, uh, status this year. Well, Keep in mind that Disney's chief negotiator with the unions just left for Universal. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I. it's interesting. It's interesting because normally, yeah, Disney is very hard line in their negotiations with the unions. And frankly, the unions at Disney are incredibly weak. I mean, unions in general right now are pretty weak. But I think the ones at Disney have proven to be rather ineffective. Um, we've heard stories. We've heard stories about you know, the union leaders at Disney. But I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that whatever this is, this is not a protracted battle, that it, God forbid it doesn't end, uh, go to a strike. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I grew up in, I grew up in a union house. And I just have a thing. I can't cross a picket line. I can't. I can't cross a picket line. Every time I think about, you know, think about that, I hear my father. You know, you're not thinking about crossing a picket line, are you? Um, so, Gosh. and it, you know, when Disney, I think they, when they did go on strike years ago. That was at Disneyland, right? No, they went on strike here. Did they? Really? They went on strike. It was a short one. If I, if I remember correctly, I remember, if I remember, like, well, we're going back, though. We're talking, I'm talking about a good 15 years ago. Um, if I remember correctly, either they went on strike or they got really close to going on strike. And, you know, even, you know, even then I was like, I can't. Yeah, I, I won't my, go. I won't go into the parks. That's horrible. I remember my dad picketing. His union went on strike, and it was horrible. It was 
I don't know. And that's not (laughs) again. That's not necessarily because I'm overly pro union, Um, but I mean I am. But uh, just from you know, like I said, my dad and so many members of my family. I'd like to see Disney take some of the money that they very obviously make and put some of it back towards their cast members. I think they can always spend more on their cast members. Um, But, you know, for any company, the single largest expense you have every month, I don't care who you are, is your payroll. Mm -hmm. Now, it's certainly true for us. I think it's true for most companies. And sometimes that's just too attractive when you've got to cut somewhere. You know, that's an attractive place to look because it's such this, you know, you see this big chunk of money going out. But, um, it makes people unhappy when they don't get paid a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It's hard to put forth the magic, I would bet, when you're struggling at home. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it's a, a on the surface, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've researched this and I know the ins and outs of it. On the surface, Disney is making a good offer here. Mm-hmm. And... It all depends on, you know, what, you know, the devil's always in the details. Right. But whatever it is, I really hope that they don't. It doesn't go that to that place where they go out and strike. Everybody loses. Mm-hmm. Everybody loses. I would hate to see that. I would hate to see it, too. It, it is a great thing, though, for a lot of uh, younger cast members. Like, you know, after, after they're done with the college program, if they want to stick around and keep working at Disney, I mean, $10 an hour if you have three roommates and you're all making that much money you can afford to live in a pretty decent place and have a have an okay lifestyle i I know it's not ideal for older families that may have kids and stuff but for for people like myself and dustin and sean who decided to to work at the parks a little longer it's i would have loved ten dollars an hour i went from like 675 to seven and then i think i barely made eight by the time i left i didn't even get to that point really Really? Yeah. What were you making? It's like I, I came in at like seven something, and I think I barely made it to eight. By then, and that was only two years ago. Hmm. Really? Right. I don't yeah. think I made it to eight. Really? I think I was at seven seventy five when I was mm. seasonal. Yeah. I increased yeah. my income by finding quarters in the wave pool. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I pay for tolls. <laughs> that you know, but that's kind of sad though, because I can remember when I first got out of college, I was making three thirty five an hour. Of course, it was a few years ago, but the fact that it only went up that far in all that time. Which job did you have? Hmm? I worked in a flower shop. Oh. But That's very low. Is that no- normal? It was well, above it was minimum wage at the time. Back in the 1840s. Well, yeah. so. Prohibition, you know. <laughs> no, I remember that, too. I remember oh, making yeah, like three fifteen dollars an hour, yeah. and that was minimum wage. Um, and, I remember, and working like a dog and thinking you're making all this money. I was like, no, not really. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I've always said it. I don't think you can pay cast members enough. Um, I think that, you know, the good ones especially – um, but I think $10 an hour does ma- make a difference. You know, the president mm-hmm. has been very vocal about trying to get businesses to raise it to 10 10 an hour. Yeah. That's what he wants to see the minimum wage at. And some businesses have been doing it. I don't think that's the reasoning behind why Disney's doing it. I don't think it would hurt, though, if it looks like they were supporting something that the president was looking for. Right. Yeah. I don't think any major corporation does that without finding the money somewhere else. Right. Um, they're not in the business to lose money. They, they're not going to do something to lose money unless they right. absolutely have to. Other than that, and that's why I think that being tied to this pension switch, obviously that's where the money's coming from. But, you know, with that extra $3 an hour, a cast member can decide to take some of that and put it into a 401k if they want to. 
Um, I think having that choice, I think choice is better than not oh, having yeah. a choice, personally. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I have a feeling this is not the last time we're going to be talking no. about the union negotiation with Disney. It's never, uh, never, never, never goes really overly smooth. <laughs> um, and unions in particular, they like to take opportunities, especially with companies like Disney. They bluster, they get press. And that's a good tactic for unions. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, moving on, a great article in the Orlando Sentinel yesterday uh, by uh, Jason Garcia talking about how Wizarding World has really impacted Disney. And I was stunned by this. Absolutely stunned. Uh, according to the article, Disney's market share has dropped from 74.9% in 2009, the year before Wizarding World opened, to 71.3% in 2012. They lost 3% of their market share. SeaWorld's dropped from 9.1 to 7.9, while Universal's market share grew from 16% to almost 21%. Wow. Um, overall, Universal, Universal's attendance rose 7.2%. <clears throat> now, this is the effect of opening Wizarding World. You know, when you see a three and a half, almost four percent loss of market share for Disney, that's incredible. You know, we talk about it all the time. You know, Bob Iger had said a few years ago, no more capital investments. We're not building anything else. We're going to stop for a while. We've spent enough money. And then all of a sudden, we're making all these (laughs) capital investments. And we've said it's because of Wizarding World, but here are the numbers now. Now we know why. Now we know why. They're actually seeing their market share erode, which is something they did not think was going to happen. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't either. So i got to own up here. I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought Wizarding World would be successful, but I did not think Disney would feel this kind of... uh, this kind of loss. The thing is, and I think we've we've talked about it a bit with Universal, is even though the first installment of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is only a small section of a larger park, it has drawn Disney fans into Universal. You know, usually before that we were seeing two different in general, two different types of theme park fans. And now there's a crossover because you're bridging. Uh, Harry Potter appeals to more family-oriented, um, and it's a huge it's a huge deal, Harry Potter. So um, people who are going to spend all their time at Disney are now making that day trip or a couple days over and, to Universal. And Universal's helping people cross that bridge with their extremely popular one-day, one-park, or two-day, two-park ticket with transfers from Disney. Yeah. That's extremely mm-hmm. aggressive. And, and, they, and they're expanding that now, too, to, like, we'll, all, we'll provide transportation from Disney, stay a few nights, and we'll bring you back. Or you can leave here and go to the airport. So they're really, they're really aggressive with getting that, the, well, the Disney fans. Like I said, these, this is the impact that Wizarding World had on Disney. Now we're getting ready to watch Diagon Alley open. And this time, they have got a corporate parent with a lot of money, but more importantly, a lot of support. Um, you know, GE, which owned NBC Universal prior to Comcast taking over majority, majority share, um, 
you know, certainly put out the money, but it wasn't the same kind of corporate support. They weren't. They didn't look at Universal and say, "We're going to really bet on this. We really think we can, we can do something here." Uh, there was something they inherited when they bought, they bought it from uh, Blackstone, I guess, um, or Vivendi. I forgot which one it was, but when they bought it, they just kind of inherited it. Comcast is really into this. You know, one of their executives said, you know, in the beginning, we've got no place to go but up in terms of our market share. And so they're talking about committing a million, $1.5 to $2 billion over the next three year, uh, five years into Universal. That can build an awful lot of hotels and attractions. And this is over and above Diagon Alley, by the way. Yeah. This is not including Diagon Alley. So I, I think it could go even bigger than that. Um, I read an article out in Hollywood uh, since Comcast has kind of taken over and really started to push things forward um, there by the time their entire expansion is done adding the Wizarding World to Hollywood uh, a couple updates to the Backlot Tour including making a night version of it 70% of that park is going to be completely revitalized um, and that's that's not that's like taking everything but like one land in the Magic Kingdom and completely changing it and updating it which, I, I mean, that's in Hollywood, and that park's not as big. But uh, if Comcast is willing to do that out there, just it, you have to imagine what they're willing to do here. It's, it's going to be even bigger, I'm guessing. Well, you know, what goes through my head is we kind of know what Comcast is going to do here. The question is, what is, it, what is Disney going to do? Right, right. Um, you know, we see that based on, uh, you know, 3.5% drop in market share, um, we've got Avatar Land. We've got you know a lot of the things that happened in New Fantasyland. Um, so with Diagon Alley opening, and I'm telling you, it's going to be they're going to look at more market share bleed because again, like I said, this time they have a corporate parent. Universal is a corporate parent that's going to put the money into getting people there, into making sure they get the most out of this investment as that they can. So, I mean, you know, if this is any indication, Disney could look at another three or four points they could lose. Could you imagine if Disney dropped below 70% market share in this town? Do you think Mm. that Disney, that's part of the whole magic band thing, that they realize that they're slipping over here? So by having the magic bands over here, they're picking up some of that money that they're losing well i think you know part of part of the magic band initiative the my disney experience initiative was definitely to get more money out of fewer people um on some level that it is about streamlining you know your 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 operation to ultimately get more money um and you know there is a business model for that SeaWorld has it universal has it fewer people in your parks more money on your bottom line um, and so, I mean, because Disney, even in spite of this this drop, Disney is still posting record profits and record attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was funny because in the in the uh, in the early days with Wizarding World, when it was getting ready to open, Disney executives said, you know, oh, anything that anything that brings more people to Orlando benefits us, right? Because you know we're the biggest in town. Well, guess what? Not so much. I just hope Disney, you know, not, not like directly reacts to it, but realizes that they've got to up their game. I think they need bit. to directly react to it. I think the answer for Disney is Star Wars. 
I mm. really do. And I'm yeah. I'm not that big of a fan of Star Wars. Um, but I think the only thing that can even compare to that kind of fan base and that kind of intellectual property is Star Wars. I, th- I think if they, but they need to act fast. I think. I mean, it's got to be. This is going to take a while to build even a land or a park and that's of course, devoted to Star Wars. You know, they have ideas kicking around, I'm sure, about a Star Wars-themed area or, or whatever. But I don't – like you said, they have to act fast. And I don't think they're acting in a way that is in response to Harry Potter. I think they're just acting in a way of, oh, we acquired Star Wars, so we're going to eventually do something with it. But don't you see that that's kind of the only solution that will take some of those people back? I think, it's, I think you're absolutely right. It's the only – Big ticket name that they have that can compete with Harry Potter. I mean, even Carsland wouldn't even put a dent in no, that audience. Right. Well, there's also Marvel. Don't under, sure. uh, don't True. underestimate Marvel. But there is one thing, there is one thing that Disney has that Universal does not right now, and that's land. Mm-hmm. Uh, Universal had a lot more land than they do right now, and they sold it back in the early part of the early 2000s because they had to. They were. And if I remember correctly, and don't quote me on this, but if I remember correctly, there was enough land to build two additional theme parks and about four or five, maybe even oh, more wow. hotels. Wow. So there was a wow. lot of land pushing down toward International Drive that they own that they sold. Um, Disney doesn't have that problem. They still have a lot of developed, uh, undeveloped land that they can tap into. So, you know, it's interesting, Sean, that you say, um, you know, uh, creating another land or even another theme park. One of the things Disney could do if they wanted to do a one-two punch and really make an impact, a fifth gate. A fifth gate, which Bob Iger has said repeatedly is not going to happen. But you got to wonder. you got to wonder how much more market share are they going to let Universal take right? before they realize that you know, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, New Fantasyland, is not going to counter this. Mm-hmm. Uh Avatar, you know, we have to wait to see what Avatar Land becomes. I'm excited about it, but I believe I am the only person that (laughs) is excited about it. We're definitely in the minority. Um, uh, Most people, I mean, that that announcement was met with a thud. Um, So it's not going to, I just don't see it, you know. Avatar is not Harry Potter. It just isn't. No, No, it isn't. It's going to be great. I'm I'm just like you. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. You know what? About it. And anybody that's going to underestimate the creative abilities of James Cameron and Joe Rohde mm-hmm. working together on a project, come on. I mean, this is why I'm saying. Look, you know, in my mind, what I can see right now, Avatar Land. Okay, six to five and pick them and go either way. But then I think, you know, oh, oh wait, James Cameron and Joe Rohde. Hmm. Okay. That's pretty significant. That's pretty significant. Absolutely the best theme park designer in the world in Joe Rohde and probably one of the most brilliant creative minds in terms of filmmaking and storytelling. Certainly the most successful. And certainly the most successful in James Cameron. Um, That cannot be underestimated, but do I think it's going to take market share away? It all depends. It all depends on when the next Avatar movie comes out and how successful it is. If it matches the success of the last one, and Disney can capitalize on that, might help. But it's also taking them a lot longer to bring it to fruition. Where Universal, boy, it's like they no sooner announced it, and there's their new attraction. Well, that's the other thing. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right that Universal is. I mean, they are building these things at the speed of light. And seemingly, Disney is dragging its heels. Mm-hmm. And they use the same exact construction company too. Well, it's all about it's all a matter of how much you're going to spend yeah. 
to get it up fast. Um, but I thought, uh, and unfortunately, uh, we reached out to Jason to join us today, but he had other commitments this morning. Comcast earnings call being one of them. Mm. Um, so that should be interesting. But, um, you know, it's at the end of the day, we win with this. I'm not rooting for one side to win and one side to lose. Um, we, as the people who visit, we, the, the theme park visitors, the fans, we're the ones who benefit from this ultimately. Um, it is kind of fun to get the popcorn out and watch this go on, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially for someone like me who, like, you know, just kind of geeks out on this stuff. But I think that we're looking at, you know, we're, we're, we're really looking at the Clash of the Titans here. Universal is, you know, in it to win it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the money's there. The, the willingness to push this is there. And yeah, you sort of see Disney sort of like sitting back like, well, hey, youngster, you know, I ruled this town. And, <laughs> right? <laughs> At least in my head. Okay. But, you know, it's like Disney's our hate. You know, this is our Disney's town. This is an old man. There is, there is an institutional arrogance at Disney along those lines, no question about it. Um, some of that changed after the crash in 2009, and we saw it clearly. Um, but in terms of how they're responding to Harry Potter, I think some of that institutional arrogance is still there. This is going to fall to whoever it is that replaces Bob Iger mm-hmm. to change the direction of things. Um, I think Bob Iger has done a great job. He's acquired a lot of really cool properties for Disney. I mean, he walked in the door acquiring Pixar. He's acquired Lucasfilms. He's acquired Marvel. Um, those are, you know, any one of those makes a career. Three of them, that's pretty impressive. Bob Iger's a shopaholic. He, is, he really <laughs> is. He's got a really good credit card. Um <laughs> But he's also done things with these. Look what he's done with Pixar. Yeah. Look what's happened um, as a result. Whoever um, steps in, that's though, Whoever steps in, they need to work out a deal with Universal and say, like, Universal, take all the comic books from Marvel and keep, like, you can keep using your licensing on that. But Disney needs to find a way to get actual Marvel movies into the Florida parks. I know that right now they're not allowed to do that. Uh, well, they're not allowed to do it with the existing properties being used by Universal because exactly. they have a right to that in perpetuity. Exactly. Um, but, you know. I mean, the cinematic universe that they build up, though, with Marvel, it's just it's getting ridiculous. I mean, The Avengers, one of the biggest movies to ever open up. Captain America 2 is blowing up. Uh, there's just so much hype. Like at D23, when we learned about the lineup, they actually spent more time talking about Marvel movies than even Disney movies that are coming out. Um they they got to start really focusing on finding a way to get them into the parks. That's that's big. I, I know Star Wars couldn't be big too, but uh, people people are shifting. They love superheroes now, and they love comic books even more. And it's it's kind of with the whole nerd revolution thing. It's becoming cool now. Yeah, it, it is. Nerd revolution. I take nothing away from that, and I agree with you. I think they do need to do those things. They do need to leverage Marvel. They do need to leverage. Star Wars, they need to leverage those things, but at the same time, they've got to make sure they balance with what got them here. Yeah, right. Those external properties are all well and good, but we do love that Disney magic and we love those classic characters and we want them to continue making those films and those attractions in that style they've always done. Um, but like you're saying, they can use this stuff um, to help 
create competition and create new things, but not get overboard. And I agree with you on that. And, you you know, I want them to be aggressive and I want them to, you know, respond. But at the same time, I don't want them to throw the baby out with the bathwater either. And if they get, you know, you get into a panic over something, it's easy to make that kind of decision. So, um, you know, I look, it's not an easy job to figure out how to do that. And I don't envy the people that have to make those judgment calls because, you know, I make a mistake, it costs a couple thousand dollars. They make a mistake, it costs a couple billion. Um, so I can't, you know, I can't wrap my head around that entirely. But it's very interesting to see this play out. And I did have to go on the record this week and say I was wrong. I said that I didn't think they were going to take market share from Disney. And they did. And I was wrong. And I admit it. Very so, good. There it is. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for the news this week. We are going to move on to caption this. And this lovely picture of my inimitable fatness uh, was taking, taken at the Main Street Barbershop. Getting my hair cut. I had never done it, and I wanted to do it. Oh, did really? this about a month ago, a month and a half ago. And um, so uh, this is, is this your candid ca- or is it posed? What's that? Is it candid or is it posed? No, it was posed. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it was posed. I want to see the picture after he put the, the sprinkles in your hair. No, I wouldn't <laughs> let them put the sprinkles in my hair. But I wanted to have the experience. I wanted to have. I, you know, yeah. I just like you know heard about the Main Street Barbershop, and um, yeah. you know I like flat tops, and there aren't many places you can get them done, and. Um, they're actually really difficult to do, apparently. I mean, most most people who cut hair can't do a flat top. Um, so barbershops... Yeah, one and, wrong move. It's bar- not flat. <laughs> yeah, right. Barbershops, in, in general, usually a barbershop can do it. So I tried it, and it was a good haircut. It wasn't my best. It wasn't the best one I ever had. There's a guy that I use here in town that... But it's also... You're also getting it done in Disney at, World, at, which at, is in awesome. In Disney World, and it was a great experience. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, for those listening, the picture is of me... And my chins, um, getting my my hair cut, what's left of it, uh, at the Main Street Barbershop. So that's our caption. This photo will be posted on Facebook later today. And you can add your captions, and we will share them with you next week. We didn't do a caption this last week. So um, did anybody get a chance to check out that EpcotLegacy.com website? so cool. It's a really, yeah, really cool website. If you haven't checked it out, EpcotLegacy.com. We talked about it last week. Please go out and visit them. I don't know this person. I have no relationship with that website at all, other than I think it's a really, really cool website. <clears throat> and, you know, I have one of those, so I know from which I speak. <laughs> so go there. Now. Well, not now. We don't want to keep watching. <laughs> yeah, don't leave. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to Rapid Fire. And who am I starting with, Dustin? Corey? Mm-hmm. I'm starting with Corey. Cool. I have the um, the dates for Gay Days 2014. This isn't an official Disney event, so I'm just going to give you the dates for it. Um, Thursday, June 5th is Animal Kingdom. Friday, June 6th is Disney Hollywood Studios. This also falls during Star Wars weekend, so if you're visiting. Mm-hmm. the uh, Saturday, <laughs> June 7th is the Magic Kingdom, which I think is the biggest party um, I heard. And then Sunday, June 8th is Epcot. So if you want to go or you want to avoid it, those are the dates. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> it's too bad it's conflicting with Star Wars weekends. How would you choose? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I get in trouble every time I talk about this. I don't think Gay Days has any business in the Magic Kingdom, personally, but that's a gay man saying that. That's just my opinion. 
there are reasons. Go read about it on the website. Yeah, whether you're gay or straight, those are the dates. But exactly, you know what? And and just from a from a a, a crowd perspective, yeah, it is a good idea to know what the targeted park is that day to avoid it because it does raise crowd levels. Period. And the Magic Kingdom on that Saturday is a madhouse. It is absolutely insane. Um, but it's but, also sort of like I've gone the last I don't know how many years, but it's more like a, a party kind of a thing. You know, that people are, like, happy to be there. It's like there's a whole different attitude in the park that day. So it may be more crowded, but... It's fun. Yeah, I've had fun. I may go this year. I think you'll find it different than when they first started doing it. And, you know, it's it's one of those things, because I haven't been for a while. So maybe I should go this year. I think and that's a good idea. Red, gonna, red is the color, right? Red's the color. Red the is whole gonna color. Take, yeah. We're going to take uh, Craig and Dustin and put them in uh, red. thongs. Red thongs and uh, make them go through the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to put a big red shirt on Craig that says, "I like men." It's probably why people don't like it. <laughs> so, all right, thank you, Corey, Kathy. Um, I just wanted to mention there's um, some new rehabs, or they've changed the dates. Uh, the People Mover was up; it was going to close like the first part of May. Now they've um, pushed it back until, let's find the date, 6-2 to 8-4, and the Astro Orbiter, which is above it, is closed from 6-2 to 9-19. All summer. Mm-hmm. When it's hot, you can't get on the people mover. Yeah, they've been pushing it back. This is like the third time they've I wonder why. Back. That's horrible. I don't know. I mean, it must be a it's big deal. It's the only attraction in the Magic Kingdom that does not require a fast pass. I know. <laughs> yeah. And it cools you off. You I know? love the People Mover. I do. Yes. I absolutely love the People Mover. Well, I hope this time when they do it, the last time, usually when it goes down for a while and it comes back and you're there, oh, what did they do? And you look and the seats still need like painted. Yeah. Like, what other than do? just, yeah, what did they do? Did they just park it somewhere for a couple months and maybe shine you know, the track? Out? Yeah. What the heck? So I don't know what they're going to do. And um, Carousel Progress is going to be down in August, towards the end of August, but only for like two weeks. Maybe they'll replace that speaker. Yeah, it could be. But this is the time of the year that now usually there's not a lot of rehabs. So this is. But they're picking you know. the good stuff. Well, what's yeah. the point? I won't even go this summer. Just bump me <laughs> Wait till fall. So that's mine. Just check our – we have a, a list I update every week with the rehabs. So just check it out before you come down and realize that dates can shift. You know, this could all change again. So keep, who knows? Keep on top of it. Mm-hmm. Got to keep on top of it. Thank you, Kathy. wondered why it was getting warm in here. It's, I, I know I turned the air conditioning down, but I've, I've recently got – I don't know if people can see that. Uh, yeah. Recently gone to uh, the Nest thermostats. Okay. And I guess because we've all been sitting in here for a certain amount of time, it thinks that there's nobody in the house. Oh. <laughs> ah. So it shut the air conditioning off. Oh, wow. I just had to override it. Um, that's a cool feature when you're actually not in the house. But when you are in the house, yeah. uh, not so much. Does it so turn some- off when you're sleeping? Um, it can. Um, well, that's a bad feature. Yeah, that's a bad feature. <laughs> that's a really bug. <laughs> but I see, I don't know because I, I, I have two thermostats in the house. I have okay. one in the dining room, one in the bedroom. And the one in the bedroom, no, it hasn't. Um, it hasn't done that. Okay. So it must. But then again, I, I'm a kind of fitful sleeper. So 
you know, it might be like sensing my emotion and it's watching <laughs> You're you. Flailing about. So maybe, flailing about. Maybe throughout the podcast, somebody gets needs to get up and run through the house. Run through the house. We'll make that your job, Kath. <laughs> You're closest oh, to the door. Um, all right, uh, Teresa. Guess at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin can now make their fast pass and reservations up to sixty days in advance. So that's pretty. That's cool. a big ad. That's a big ad. Yeah, I like this. It should have been there, but now it is. So. Well, it's you know being slowly know, rolled out. So. But that's fast. I'm done. So if you're the Swan and Dolphin, you get to use uh, Magic Bands. And they, awesome. yeah, and like you said, they have been rolling it out. We've seen uh, cast members out by like the ticket. Um, the, uh, the international gateway that would stand there with like swan and dolphin information to help you and stuff like that. So they, they it's been a process, but they're 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 getting it done. Yeah, bit by bit. Cool, inch by inch. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Teresa. <laughs> Jonathan, oh. or, excuse me, Shaun. Shaun. Before I do my real one, I just want to mention that it's the 50th anniversary of the 1964 uh, New York's World's Fair. Um, and so on the Disney Parks blog, they have a whole thing about the anniversary and the header image. It looks really good. They uh, have different artwork and stuff from the 1964 World's Fair. Oh. So Carousel of Progress is the anniversary, and it's a small world. Um, both I of those attractions. And every time I hear about the 64 World's Fair, you know, my mother was pregnant with me for the 64 World's Fair and rode Small World. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like a thing that Mom and I have to do, which I think is really cool. It's a thing Mom and I have to do. Every time we're in the Magic Kingdom, we ride Small World together. That's, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, no, she's going to start so crying. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it I really preg- is easy. I, I was pregnant oh with God. you riding Small World in the 1964 that's just World's so sweet. Fair. Okay, I'm done. So, yeah, it makes sense if that's turning if that's turning 50 so much. So. Yeah. Wow. All right. You are sobbing. I am. It just attached to <laughs> Doesn't me. take much. All right. So my real one, uh, Jake's Beer Festival um, at the Royal Pacific Resort. So Jake's, Now we get to the serious the stuff. The real one, the beer. <laughs> uh, Jake's American Bar, actually, is, is the name of the restaurant. They're hosting a beer festival on May 2nd um, at 6 p.m. at Royal Pacific Resort. Tickets are $35, um, $45 for VIP access, which gets you access to a special keg tapping and an additional premium beer tasting. Um, tickets include complimentary self-parking or $5 valet. And so basically they'll have um, samplings from more than 50 beers from a selection of popular breweries, including Dogfish Head, Sierra Nevada, um, Traveler Beer Company, Lagnitas, Anchor Brewing, Angry Orchard, Boston Beer, New Belgium, which is exciting, um, and more. So New Belgium, which is Yes, exciting. please. <laughs> I love New Belgium. That's one of my favorites. So. Yeah, these guys, especially you three, uh, Dustin, Sean, and Craig, are, are what I would consider you know beer aficionados. I mean, they... They approach beer much the way you know wine drinkers would approach. Corey's in the mix there too. Oh, yeah. I, I would count myself in that. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're. I, but you're definitely more wine. Aren't you more I, wine. I, I, I consider myself all around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did so did I, and I went to rehab. Um, but <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll tell you. Anyway, I don't know from I don't know from beer, but because uh, I never drank it, I hated beer. Uh, if you're gonna get drunk, why are you drinking beer? Drink the hard stuff. Gets there the are some hard beers, though. Yeah. yeah, not not hard, not harder than vodka. Um, but anyway, um, the food at Jake's is very good. Yeah, it is. I've always had good experiences there. Oh, yeah. There we go. And what, what are the dates on this? This is just May second at six p.m. Yeah. So it's only one day. One I would day love to do this. I don't think I'm going to be able to because of our uh, press event at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. But I hope they, hopefully they do another one because it's. I think it's a good price. Thirty five dollars for uh, all you can all drink. Stuff. All you can drink. Yeah, it always seems that whenever this is going on, there's like something else happening. Because they do the dinners, too. That's another thing that they do. So this is, I think, their first festival where it's just a whole bunch of samplings and and tastings. Mm. All right. Hopefully someday. Thank you, Sha'un. Gregory. 
Gregory. Um, well, I don't have a slide for mine. I was just going to announce, if you didn't already know, that the registration's open for the marathon. Um, uh, the Dopey Challenge and the Goofy's Race and Half Challenge, the Marathon, Half Marathon, um, it's filling up really, really quickly. Like, the Dopey Challenge was at 80% as of an hour ago. Wow. I don't know what... Um, so that's that's crazy. Half marathons already fifty percent full. Ten k seventy percent full. Five k sixty percent full. So basically, yeah, everything's when did filling it open? up. This morning. Wow. It's open to annual pass holders and stuff like a yeah. week ago. Yeah, it opened up on the fourteenth, I believe, to annual pass holders, and then everyone else had opened up this morning. So it's it's chugging. Um, if you can still sign chugging. up, don't be challenged right <laughs> now. It's uh. It's five thirty, so five hundred thirty dollars. The wow. race and a half is three hundred sixty. Uh, the marathon itself is one hundred seventy. Half marathons also one hundred seventy. The ten k is one hundred five, and the five k is sixty dollars. And it goes up. Repeat that back, everybody. Oh my lord! Mike and Chad just said Dopey's at ninety six percent right now. Yeah, so it's going to yeah. be gone in probably the next uh, now next hour how many people were you talking to fill it up they limited i think the yeah. dopey is what it because they also run the other races too so they don't want to fill it all up with dopey challenges or then no one can sign up for like the regular marathon or the half marathon so it's i don't know the exact numbers we're talking I don't think thousands really, of people though. Oh, yes yeah yeah thousands and thousands and thousands at 500 something a piece for some of them yeah it's just diehard racers. That's yeah, what they it's do. very popular and very successful. So well, I'm signed up for the 5K. So if any of the listeners want to walk, run, whatever, is that like it an is. early morning thing? Yeah, cool. See me. We'll walk it together. Take a picture. All right. Thank you, Craig. Wow. Oh, thank Dustin. you, Dustin. Yeah, I have a, a link from the Disney Parks blog, and we'll have it in our show notes page. Um, kind of showcasing some of the merchandise events that are coming out uh, this May. Uh, highlights include um, the Vera Bradley brunch that we had talked about on an early show, uh, earlier show on May 4th uh, to release their new line. Um, the artist uh, who is responsible for the Precious Moment uh, dolls, I don't know if you guys know those, that's uh, Linda, Linda Rick, will be at Once Upon a Toy uh, May 8th through the 12th and will uh, debut her collection inspired by Cinderella. And David Doss will be appearing daily between May 10th and 20th at the Art of Disney and Downtown Disney Marketplace. I know he's very Another popular. one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. And um, lastly, May 17th through the 18th, uh, Dana and Melanie Harvey, who do the Harvey's uh, seatbelt-style bags. Oh, okay. Um, they're going to have a new Disney line uh, coming out, and it'll be in Uptown Jewelers in the Magic Kingdom, and it will be in Summer Lace at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort. So uh, that comes out. Uh, they're going to have special um, uh, collections released uh, at certain times on May 17th through the 18th. So you can check that link uh, at disunplug.com and all the merchandise and art information for May. 2014. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. That'll do it for Rapid Fire. And I want to talk to Sean and Kathy because we sent them to do the dun, dun, dun. the new Epcot <laughs> After Hours uh, event going on over at Hollywood Studios. No, I'm kidding. Um, so tell me about it. What was it uh, What was it like? And we'll explain what it is sure. first. And so basically the full title is Epcot After Hours Wind Down. So it's a long, long title. Um, and basically what it is is you 
purchase a ticket. The cost is $35 per person. Mm -hmm. um, tax and gratuity are not included. And what you do is you get to choose one of four lounges. So uh, the Cava del Tequila in Mexico Pavilion, Rose and Crown um, in the United, United Kingdom, Spice Road uh, Table in Morocco, Tuto Gusto in Italy, which mm -hmm. is actually where we went. So you have call and just make a reservation. You don't pay in advance for this. You just call and kind of reserve your spot for it. And I was able to make it online, too. So. Oh, okay. So yeah. you can make it online? It can be made um, online. Um, yeah, actually, at DisneyWorld.com slash spring. Um, and then you tell them which of these restaurants you want to go to. Um, and then so basically you meet there at 920, essentially after Illuminations is over. Um, so they give you kind of like time to watch the fireworks. And then as soon as that's over, then you meet at your lounge. Mm -hmm. And then you're allowed to stay there, drink your wine, whatever drinks you get with your sampler. We'll talk about that more. Um, and up until 11. So you get to be there for about an hour and a half after park close. Did you want to talk about a little bit more about Tuto, Tuto Gusto, where we were? Well, when we went, we went the first night. So I think there was, what, maybe three three tables of people for this. Yeah, it was It really wasn't empty. very crowded. People didn't know about it. Yeah, and it was funny because they sat us right next to another table where we could have had, you know, the other half of the I never the understand area. why they do that. Oh. Yeah, and we had a really great waitress, I thought, you know. Yeah, and her name was, was Barbara. She was yes, she Italian was, and funny. She was she was great. Um, you know, leading up to this, they hadn't released all the menus, so it was a little hard to to decide which one you want to go to because you didn't know what they were going to have. But we were pleasantly surprised to find out that we had six different choices of like the wines or the the bubblies as they called them, and the food choices. So there was three of us there, so we all picked something different, and I was pleasantly surprised. I got the dessert. You know how usually they say they suck the flavor out of the desserts? I, I thought th th these desserts were really good. You know, and, and the wine, I don't know. How much would you say you I got? I think you got about one? a three-ounce pour. It wasn't huge, but you got three different ones. With the option to buy more, I'm sure. Yeah, so you, you chose one of the $35 um, combinations. And then afterwards, you were allowed to buy drinks a la carte and whatever was in the Italian like food case. So they had like mm -hmm. prosciutto in there, desserts. You could order that stuff a la carte, too. Um, but I was surprised that there were six different options. I expected, you know, a red version, a white version, and maybe like a champagne version, like a sparkling one. Um, but then we turned it over, and there was yeah, three wow. more. So there were six total. Um, and they had anything between like vegetarian. They had um, like kind of like a meat one that they served with the red wine. That's the one I got. And it came with prosciutto, um, a brie, like a soft cheese, and then salami. Mm -hmm. And then it came with the three red wines, which I thought was a great... It was a healthy portion of food, too. I thought it was a, a big size plate yeah you and katie um yeah. both got like a nice size plate of stuff where my desserts it was like three little they shot were in glasses cups. Yeah. yeah and for 35 dollars, i don't know that it was worth it for that the experience was well worth the money mm -hmm. the i mean some, really there is something to be said just being in a theme park that's relatively empty as you're walking yeah. out. There's we had yes. a bad example of that because our night was actually extra magic hours, so the park uh, had people in it anyway up until oh, eleven. Really? Um, but the good thing we did learn is, as soon as you check in, they give you a wristband, and that allows you to go outside either to take a smoke break, use the restroom outside, or if it's an it's an EMH night, you can go ride the rides and then come back. So that was a nice. Oh feature, wow! Now I'm just wondering how. Well, so even if you're not a resort guest, obviously. No, I believe you still had to have your your resort ID. What oh, I see. Okay. If you okay. had the ability to oh, ride the attractions, you okay. were allowed outside right. of the lounge. I misunderstood. Yeah. 
Now, I'm just wondering, um, and I know you didn't have an example of this on your night because it was extra magic hours, but I wonder, I would imagine two hours after the park closes, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna keep things, you know, show ready for everything. You know, it's not going to... Yeah, they're not going to start bringing... There's not going to be pickup trucks or <laughs> yeah. cherry pickers bringing out in the gators. The, yeah. yeah. But when we left, the parking lot was pretty deserted. I mean, I don't ever remember going to Epcot and seeing so few cars in the parking lot. No, even though it was EMH, it was pretty dead yeah. when we were leaving the park. Yeah. And it's nice to uh, it's nice to walk out of Epcot, because usually when I walk out of Epcot, it's right after Illuminations, and you do the little shuffle yes. oh, all yeah. the way through Future World. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was nice, too, because, I mean, I've seen Illuminations how many times, but it was really nice to sort of start I don't know off. how many. I've lost count. <laughs> but, you know, just to do that and then walk over to Italy and know that I was walking over and sitting down, you know, and enjoying Sean's company rather than trying to shuffle my way out the front. Rather than not enjoying Sean's company. <laughs> that was a good night. What that wasn't worth $35. So here's what I, I kind of broke Sean. down. So I, I said the wine would probably be worth about $12. Then the food portion I could see easily paying, I don't know, 13 to $14 as an appetizer or something. So that already is getting close to 30 maybe 28 bucks. And then you're paying for the extra just to be in the park for those extra two hours. I think it is worth it. Mm-hmm. I really do. Kathy, you agree? Oh, most definitely. And just to be able to walk through there with nobody behind you and you can stop and take pictures and the music's still playing. It was a little funny, though, right at 11 o'clock that the cast member came in, you know, with their glow stick or whatever they call it. Get and, out. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's time now. So we left before they like. I hope they were a little friendlier than that. Well, I don't it's know that one lady looked a little. <laughs> she looked a little scary, but yeah. she was it's nice. time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do want to mention a couple other things, especially about the food. Um, you are allowed to pick and choose. So if you like the wine from one pairing, you're allowed mm-hmm. to switch it and get with the dessert. So what I would really recommend, if you're there with multiple people, get different food things and then share them because they also bring smaller plates out. So if you wanted to get the dessert, I would get like the meats and cheeses. Then we can kind of share, and then I'll have a little bit of everything. Um, one of my big questions was if you were allowed to go to the other lounges. So if you yeah. pay the $35 to go to Tudo Gusto, can I then go to Cava and then order a margarita over After there? After hours, drinks around the world. <laughs> and the answer was no. You're, once you choose your place, you're supposed to be confined there. Unless they did tell us that you could purchase two of them. If you reserved spaces in two of them, if you reserved Cava and Tudo Gusto, it'd spend $70. Oh, man. So the bands are different for each place, I guess? I guess they were. I didn't, we didn't have the ability to check the other colors, but... You were confined there. Here's, let me ask you an important question. You had mentioned the ability to purchase additional food and drinks. Um, were you looking at like the, the full bar there? or Yeah, was everything. It, it was a full menu, so I ended up drinking my wine, and then I ordered a beer. Mm-hmm. They had their draft beer there. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, it was fine. I mean, you could have ordered more food. You could have ordered more wine. Um, mm-hmm. I think they also have soft drinks there. We didn't check, but yeah, I think probably she brought us water to, out to, to. Yeah, they do because there was Stella and she had a soft drink. So, I, so. Um, I think though it's don't, didn't you get the feeling it's sort of like a work in progress that well this was the first night right. yeah, yeah but I mean like as this goes on maybe they'll do something different that maybe for $50 you could get two instead of the Well, that's what I was saying. I would like to pay more, so maybe raise the price to 50 No, but then have the ability to go to the other four places. Oh, okay. So... Because you're not. Yeah, he wasn't. I, the sentence wasn't ending there. <laughs> I would charge more money, please. I want more. Charge more money. No, but if I don't think paying seventy for two locations is worth it, because you're basically paying that extra premium just to stay in the park, but you've already paid it. But if you raise it to maybe fifty, then I would go. You know, pay that and then be allowed uh-huh. to go to the other places. But then, yeah. but then they also have to provide a lot more. Um, 
like cast members the logistics traffic yeah, getting people over there yeah yeah was it you that told me or I, I when i was doing the research somebody said that they were supposed to go to one and they didn't have enough people so they made them go to a different i, I don't know one. if they made the person go i saw on twitter that someone uh w- was booked uh they booked the spice road table version and they were the only person that booked it for spice road table well so i can I, understand that it's a neat that person ended up going to kava so hmm. but i'm not sure if they did that willingly or if Drag they were forced off. to i can't imagine they would force them and i sort of Get felt out. bad for our you know our our waitress but the servers in general because it was like now they're working an extra hour and a half and there really was only the the three of us that that's why you tipped well yeah yeah we did but so tip is not included um neither is tax and they don't accept any discounts like tables in wonderland or anything like that it's just the flat the flat cost but you feel it was worth it i do yeah and i would do it again and if you went with a bunch of people i think you'd have a really great time but you're doing this after oh no i had a really no (laughs) you'd have a much better time if you weren't with sean that's what she's saying we we, i was having a good time i had my wine katie's wine beers (laughs) (laughs) we walked out together and katie was like 10 minutes behind us because she was stopping to take more pictures but we had a nice walk you know nobody was there you didn't have to you know it was it was a great evening is there an age limit i mean obviously you don't want Ferris and Finley, I'm not going to pay that price. They should be at home sleeping anyway at that time. But can um, can parents bring their children? Like- they can. There's no age limit. But I think you have to pay the full cost. Um, I think it's just a flat price per person. They give them apple juice. I, I don't know how they modify. <laughs> give me their Finley's wine. Nine ounce glasses. But yeah, I, I would recommend no children just because of the yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. It's very quiet. I know children are fine, but I just think in this environment. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. So thumbs up from you guys. You, mm-hmm. you recommend it. So um, we'll have a link to the show notes in the show notes page where you can sign up for Epcot After Hours. And I have a blog going up down. later with pictures. And so. there we go. Kathy's blog, too. All right. Before we close out the show, we have next week's poll, which is kind of simple this week. Do you think $10 an hour is a fair wage? Mm-hmm. Fair starting wage to pay Disney cast mm-hmm. members. Poll is going to go up later on today on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disunplugged. And uh, as we do every week, we will select one person at random from the people who respond to our poll. And that person will win a $50 gift card. So with that, that's going to do it for our show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Mm-hmm.